Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. My name is Ellen Cavanaugh, and I serve as an elder and shepherd and deacon in our congregation. This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. Give me a pure heart that I may see, a humble heart that I may hear thee, a heart of love that I may serve thee, a heart of faith that I may abide in thee. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
Will you please stand for the call to worship? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. The nations are in a rage, the kingdoms totter, but the Lord of hosts is with us and the God of Jacob is our refuge. Let us worship God. Compassion and forgiveness belong to the Lord our God. 
and though we have rebelled against him, and some have a twisted view of him, let us then renounce our willfulness and seek his mercy by confessing our sins in penitence and returning to the Lord in faith. Holy and merciful God, in your presence we confess our sinfulness, our shortcomings, and our offenses against you. You alone know how often we have sinned in wandering from your ways, in wasting your gifts, in forgetting your love. Have mercy on us, O God, for we are ashamed and sorry for all we have done to displease you. Forgive our sins and help us to live in your life and walk in your ways for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior. In his name we pray, amen. <laughs> this is the good news of the gospel for all of us. Whatever we have done, whatever we have failed to do, whoever we are, whoever we wish we were but are not, we are loved and forgiven. We're accepted, we're washed clean. We are raised up, we are welcome. So friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Now let's join with Christians around the world and those who are praying for all the events that have occurred, but let's affirm our faith strongly by repeating together the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, <clears throat> maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let us join together in extending hands of fellowship to our fellow believers.
Good morning. Welcome to worship here at Church of the Palms. We are glad that you have come, whether it's been just that you're a block away or a continent away. We're glad that you're with us today to be gathered up as the people of God that uh, re are reminding ourselves of the glory and providence of God, the shelter of God in the midst of a very scary world. So we thank you that you can be with us and that we can be together uh, in fellowship with one another. We hope that you will Please sign the friendship pads which are in the pew and pass those along to your neighbor. Again, we'll uh, put a shout out for those email addresses because those are ways by which we can be in contact with you throughout the course of the week to let you know of any adjustments or any particular news that's going on in the life of our church. We can get to you right away. So please uh, give us your email address on that pad. We have lots of things going on in our life, especially this Wednesday. Big day Wednesday, November the 18th. We've got lots of things going on. A book fair going on upstairs in the education building from 4 until 7 p.m. This is to support our early childhood center. So if you're looking for Christmas gifts to give to grandchildren, any grandchildren represented here at all? <laughs> Wonderful way for you to support your family as well as the ECC. Come between 4 and 7. There's also going to be a book signing done by a famous author. <laughs> from four until five. I think it's a comic book, but anyway, um, you may wanna come for that. And then following that, we have over in the Campus Center, uh, COP's Got Talent, wonderful talent show. Come and support those who are gonna be sharing their gifts with us during that talent show. It's gonna be a great time. Uh, it's always a great time when we have this program, so join us for that. And then also at the same time here in the sanctuary, 6.30, we are delighted to be hosting Hunter Farrell, one of the great leaders in the Presbyterian Church, going to be here in our sanctuary, 6.30. Hunter is the director of Worldwide Mission for the Presbyterian Church USA, has some great things to tell us, important things for us to hear and to know. And so come and join us at 6.30 here in the sanctuary as Hunter presents to us uh, some very important information about our church in the world. Uh, we are only just a couple of weeks away from Advent, hard to believe. And uh, we have been making preparations for our journey through Advent, and we encourage you to uh, sign up for the angel tree. This is a way for us to come alongside of a family, each of you to come alongside of a family that is in need of support during the Christmas season. So see, uh, see the Christmas tree out there, and we can sign you up to support a family through our angel tree. We'll be decorating the sanctuary next Sunday after the 11 o'clock service. If you have the spiritual gift of decorating, we can use your help by being here uh, at 12 o'clock next Sunday. Our Thanksgiving Eve service is just about 10 days away. This is a, one of those great moments where we get to celebrate and rejoice and give thanks with our Jewish brothers and sisters over at Temple Sinai. We'll be over there this year, and uh, it's just a great time, a great uh, opportunity for us to come together as God's people and to rejoice in what God has done for us. Next Sunday, we will be receiving our offering for the food pantry. Many of you know the food pantry is a very important part of our church's mission here in Sarasota. We hand out a bag of groceries about once every 10 minutes or so, six hours a day, five days a week to those who are in great need. And uh, we need your support with that. And we'll be talking to you more about that next Sunday. There's offering envelopes available in the pews uh, that you might wanna bring next Sundays to support our food pantry offering. 
And then finally, some good news. Many of you know that we are in the process of looking at expanding our campus. And just uh, about 10 days or so ago, we went before the planning, the County Planning Commission and received a unanimous approval from the Planning Commission for our master plan. So that's a very important step for us. We have one more step to take before the county commissioners, but then we look forward to talking to you more specifically about our plans and how you might support them as we look ahead to the future for Church of the Palms and its mission to equip disciples for the service of Christ. Let's continue our worship. members to come 
before us to be received into our church's life. You'll note on the, in the flyer in your bulletin that 10 people have joined our church just in the last week or so, and these are three of them that normally worship at the nine o'clock hour, and uh, we're grateful that you are with us today. We invite, we are glad to have Florence and Tom Harvey over here on my left, your right, and also Charlie Winch here on my right, your left, and they have uh, been to our new members class and have uh, heard about our common mission of equipping disciples for the service of Christ, and they are now prepared to be before us to respond to the questions of membership. And so will you welcome them with your round of applause. Uh-oh. Now you get to look at me. <laughs> it is great to have you with us as we come together as the body of Christ and join together in fellowship and in our common mission together. And most of all, in our common faith in Jesus Christ, which is what draws us together. Christ is the center of the church. And these questions that I'm about to ask you help us to be reminded over and over again that we are here because of the presence of Christ. We are here to serve Christ. We are here to be in mission on behalf of Christ. So allow me to ask ask you these questions as you seek to become members of Church of the Palms. Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Do you trust in him? Do you intend to be his disciple and to obey his word and to show his love? And will you be a faithful member of this congregation, giving of yourself in every way? And will you seek the fellowship of the church wherever you may be? By answering those questions, you have agreed to join us in our common mission of equipping disciples for the service of Christ and to become a part of this larger family of faith as we seek to be light in the world, as we seek to remind all people that God is a God of love and God has so loved the world that he gave his only son. So to that end, will you please join me in prayer? Let us pray. Gracious God, we need only the events of these past few days to remind us that we live in a world that is so yearning for light, that is so yearning for love. We read about events in Beirut and Baghdad and Paris, earthquakes in Japan. And while we may be tempted to spend our lives complaining and worrying about all those things that go wrong in our own lives. We are grateful, O Lord, to come together as the body of Christ and to receive these new members into the great family of God, to be reminded, O Lord, that we are called to be light in the world and salt in the earth. Lord, we would be be tempted to give in to despair and hopelessness. We would wonder whether the world is out of your control. But we are grateful to be reminded even as we affirm our faith, even as we confess our faith and reaffirm our faith, that you are an awesome God and that in you we have our refuge and strength, that though the earth should change, Though the waters shake in the heart of the sea, though the nations rage and the kingdoms totter, 
you have promised, you have promised to be with us to the close of the age. So Lord, as we bring these new people into our midst and as we fortify ourselves as the family of God, as we remember your presence in our midst, as you, we remember your calling to be light and salt, we ask, O oh Lord, that you will send upon us your Holy Spirit. Send upon these three and those who have joined with them your Holy Spirit, that we may be filled, that we may not be afraid, that we may be strengthened to do your will, to be salt and light to share with the world the Prince of Peace. The world may see through what we do and through what we say that there is this great God who so loved the world that he gave his only son. So Lord, bless these three, bless our family of faith, bless our mission, bless the church and the world, that we may truly be the people of God and that through us, the world will see light again. For we pray this in the one who is the father of all lights, Jesus the Christ, who taught us to pray saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship through the presentation of our tithes, gifts, and offerings.
Let us pray. Our most gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for all that we have, including our very lives, our blessings and gifts from you. At this moment in worship, we bring together a token of our love in response to your love and grace to us. We pray that you'll receive these gifts and turn them into your blessings and lives, your love and peace to more people near and around the world. We pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated as Lori and our children come forward. Hey, Grace. All right. Just another ordinary day at church. A great day at church. This is so good. We have like the best lesson today about God's great love for us. This prophet Hosea back in the old, old, old testament talks about how his... I only have one ear. Oh, he's a little floppy. It's okay. How's that? Better? Yeah. Hi, Owen. So he talks about how these people keep turning away from him, turning away from him, but God never, ever gives up on them. And it reminded me of a story that I used to read my girls when they were little called The Runaway Bunny by Margaret Wise Brown. Did anyone ever read this story? Thank you. Excellent. I thought of this book because it reminded me of that great love, and I thought maybe we could tell it together. And I'm going to actually need eight people who would be willing to read a line, and if not, we'll come out here. So, best be to you. All right, here's the first. Oh, before you read that, I'll give you this, Grace. I got to tell you first. There is a little bunny who tells his mother, I'm going to run away. And the mother says, little bunny, little bunny, if you run away from me, I'm going to come after you, and I will find you because you're my little bunny. If you run away after me, said the little bunny, I will become a fish in a trout stream, and I will swim away from you. If you become a trout in a, tr a fish in a trout stream, not easy to say, I will become a fisherman, and I will fish after you. If I become a fisherman, said the little bunny, I will become a rock in the, on the mountain high above you. If you become a rock on a mountain high, high above me, I will become a mountain climber, and I will come find you. If you become a mountain climber, said the little bunny, I will, I will be a flower in a hidden garden. If you become a flower in a hidden garden, I will become a gardener, and I will find you. Can you read? <laughs> Gabe, can he read? No. We're if I come if, uh, if I become a gardener. Gardener. Oh, I'm away. Thank you, Nate. Excellent. Ryan, you want to read the next card? If you are a gardener and find me, said the little bunny, I will be a bird and fly away from you. If you become a bird and fly away from me, I will become a tree where you will come nest in. If you become a tree, said the little bunny, I will become a little sailboat and I will sail away from you. If you become a sailboat, I will become the wind and I will blow you where I want you to go. Three more. 
Oh, thank you, Caroline. These guys are saving you. If ye become the wind and blow me where you want me to go, said the little bunny, I will join a circus and fly away on a flying trapeze. If you fly away on a flying trapeze, I will become a tightrope walker and I will walk across the air to you. If you become a tightrope walker and walk across the air, said the bunny, I will become a little child and run into a house. If you become a little child and run into the house, I will become your mother and I will have my arms open to you. Thank you. Shucks, said the bunny. I might, as, I might just as well stay here where I am and be your little bunny. Mm -hmm. Nice job. And so he did. Just like the mother was to the bunny, that is how God is for us. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for a love that is so big, we can't escape you. We can't run from you, we can't hide from you, because wherever we go, we know that you will always, always, always come find us. Amen. may be seated. As we head toward the end of the year, we find that we are a bit behind in our giving, our expected giving for 2015. And that can be for all sorts of reasons. It may be that some of us haven't been able to catch up with our giving or 
It may be that you're expecting to give even more than you expected to give and are thinking of how to do that. We uh, do have a pretty significant gap to fill and that gives us the occasion to remind you of the different ways to give. This is in your bulletin. And uh, many of you thought that the only way to give is to drop an envelope in the offering plate and that, that somehow that was written in the Bible and that's the only way to give. But uh, the good news is we are in the electronic age here at Church of the Palms. We have a giving kiosk that's out uh, over near the garden and uh, you can use that, try that out. We also, you can text to give, preferably not during the sermon, but I'll take it whenever you wanna do it. But, um, but there's a phone number there through which you can text to give your, uh, giving your gift to Church of the Palms. We, of course, we have envelopes that are in the, in the uh, pew racks and then also on our website there is a portal there for you to give as well. So we just wanna call your attention to all those opportunities and ways by which you can give and also to alert you to the fact that we do have a fairly significant gap to fill between now and the end of the year. And especially as you're considering uh, the gifts and opportunities of giving over the course of these next several weeks, uh, keep the Church of the Palms in your prayers and in your mind as you make those giving decisions. Our scripture this morning is from Hosea chapter 11. We are in this unfolding story of God as, as you know, and we are in that season of the prophets. We are approaching Advent, and Advent is when we listen to the voice of the prophets because it's the prophets who tell us about the good news of the coming Messiah. And so we are in that season where we're listening to a couple of the prophets in the great uh, book of prophets within the Old Testament, and today we have this wonderful prophet Hosea who tells an incredible story about God's faithfulness. And in chapter 11 especially, we find perhaps one of the greatest poems uh, in all the Bible where God pours out his heart and God reminds Israel about how God will never let Israel go. So hear the word of God as it comes to us from Hosea chapter 11. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more I called them, the more they went from me. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and offering incense to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I, I took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I, I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and fed them. They shall return to the land of Egypt, and Assyria shall be their king because they have refused to return to me. The sword rages in their cities, it consumes their oracle priests, it devours because of their schemes. My people are bent on turning away from me. To the most high they call, but he does not raise them up at all. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim. 
for I am God and no mortal, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your mercy and through your grace, we pray, O Lord, that you allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ. For we pray this in his name, amen. Every evening in the McConnell household, there is an exchange that takes place, I should say several exchanges, between the household humans and the canine. We have a West Highland White Terrier, 10 years old, whom we dearly love, and with whom we have a very difficult time communicating. You would think after 10 years of being together, we would have this down, but that is not the case, and I won't even blame the dog for this, I blame the humans. Nevertheless, there are these exchanges that take place in our home where it is clear that our beloved Lexi is trying trying to say something to us. We will be sitting on the couch and she will come to us and she will <laughs> just stare and stare and stare. And then the stare is followed by a bark, a stare and a bark. Sometimes the stare and the bark means I want to play. Sometimes the stare and the bark means I want the food on your plate. Sometimes the stare and the bark means I, I want to go out. Sometimes the stare and the bark means I want you to put me on the couch so you can pet me. Sometimes the, the stare and the bark means that there is a monster out there that is going to destroy you if you don't let me outside. And it takes us dumb humans, for this is what I think she thinks of us, it takes us dumb humans many, many minutes, if ever, to figure out what she is trying to say to us in the moment. Every night we go through this. Every night she looks at us and with that look that says, how many times do we have to go through this? <laughs> Every night we seek to span the canyon between human and canine, between master and creature, between man and man's best friend. It's difficult to communicate across a canyon. It's difficult to communicate across a canyon. C.S. Lewis, in a sermon he preached long ago entitled Transposition, wonders with us about a canyon that exists between the creator and the creature. What difficulty there must be in the communication between God and his people. If God is really God and we are really us, then there is likely to be a lot lost in the translation. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. And Lewis wonders if it isn't a little bit like creatures who exist in a one-dimensional world trying to grasp a three-dimensional world. Lewis uses this analogy. He says it would be like a, a boy born in a dungeon cell who has never been in the outside world and cannot see the outside world, and his mother, who's in prison with him, tries to describe to her son what that outside world looks like. And, and, and she talks about trees and, and fields and, and rivers and mountains and cities and waves on the beach, but he can't quite grasp what she's trying to describe. So she gets hold of a pen and paper, and she draws these things with pencil and paper. She draws these things onto the paper. 
And she draws waves and trees and clouds. And the boy now thinks he's beginning to understand that the world is a bunch of pencil lines. No, 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 the mother says. The world isn't pencil lines. In fact, the world has no lines at all. They're, the waves are just waves. The trees are just trees. The, the rivers are just rivers. And now, for that boy, the world all of a sudden disappears because he cannot see beyond the lines. He cannot see beyond his one-dimensional world, the three-dimensional world. And Lewis wonders about this when it comes to the, to the creator trying to communicate to the creature. From the three-dimensional world to the one-dimensional world, in this canyon between creature and creator, there can be many things lost in the translation. I got to thinking of this recently when I saw on TV a preview for one of the new TV shows this fall, another one of those superhuman heroes who's made it to the screen. This one is Supergirl. I know nothing about the 2015 version of Supergirl, maybe the best show on TV, but it got me to thinking about our fascination with comic book heroes. We are in this era, right, where we are bringing all the comic book heroes onto the big screen. We have Superman and Spider-Man and Batman and the Wolverine, the greatest of all heroes. The Hulk, the Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Captain America, and so on. And it dawned on me that when it comes to imagining, when, when we give ourselves over to imagining our very best as to what superhuman characters there can be, that's all we can come up with. Batman, Spider-Man, Superman, Supergirl. Superhumans who can fly and swing, punch, bust out mus in muscles, leap tall buildings in a single bound. That's the best we can come up with. That's the most we can imagine in our one-dimensional world when we try to think of a three-dimensional power. The best we can come up with are heroes that jump high, fly fast, and punch hard. It was the best the devil could come up with when he was tempting Jesus. Use your superhuman power to turn stones into bread. Use your superhuman power to jump off the temple. And it goes to show this canyon between the human and the divine, how hard it is for us to grasp the three-dimensional God. And that's why it's so hard for us to comprehend, I suspect, this picture Hosea the prophet would want to paint for us about the three-dimensional God. Because quite to our surprise, Hosea has something startling to suggest to us about this God. Hosea, as you remember, is prophet to Israel, and Israel, through poor political leadership, has allied itself with unholy people, has turned from the ways of God, and is on the way to quick ruin. I mean, the country is falling apart. And the people who see this can only imagine that God is just ticked and wants to destroy them. That's the best they can come up with in their one-dimensional world. That that's really what a super being must do, right? Be angry and destroy. That's the best they can come up with in their one-dimensional world. And yet the message of the book of Hosea is a very different picture. In fact, at the beginning of Hosea, and I do encourage you to do those daily readings that are in the bulletin. At the beginning of Hosea, 
what we learn is that Hosea imagines that the relationship God has with his people would be like Hosea marrying himself to a prostitute. That God in his relationship with his people has committed himself to an unfaithful people. He has committed himself as if he has made vows to a prostitute and yet God remains faithful to his vows. God is not about to let us go. That though Israel is faithless, though she converts with other nations, though she denies her allegiance to God, though she lives as if her creator didn't even exist, God will not let her go. God remains committed to her, and it all culminates in Hosea chapter 11 with that wonderful poem I just read to you. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt I called my son, but the more I called them, the more they went from me. Yet, I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not destroy Israel, for I am God and no mortal. In this one-dimensional world of ours, that may be hard for us to grasp, that, that God will not execute his fierce anger. And what we might wonder as we're hearing from Hosea about this God is that God is a God who can be taken advantage of, that, that, that God is a God who, who seems to be willing to play the doormat, that God is the kind of God who in all appearances seems a little weak, who can't let go of an unhealthy relationship, maybe even an enabler, unwilling to show tough love. We may wonder if Hosea's God is a fool. And at first blush, that may make us recoil almost out of disbelief. How could the God of the universe be so vulnerable? How could the God of the universe marry himself to a prostitute? Why, that isn't even PG in rating. But then we remember that we are living in this pencil drawing world and as best as Hosea may seek to describe it to us, it would be hard for us to imagine God being anything more than what we might dream of in our comic book world. It makes me think of Jenny Curran. Do you remember Jenny Curran? Jenny Curran was the girl loved by Forrest Gump. Do you remember Forrest Gump? Simple, 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 Forrest Gump. The boy who couldn't walk right and then finally he breaks from his leg braces and journeys to the corners of the world and lives this simple, simple, naive life of loyalty to everyone who comes his way, Lieutenant Dan, Bubba Blue, and the love of his life, Jenny, who has been abused and beaten and has always been living her life on the run, who prostitutes herself and takes drugs and contracts AIDS, 
But Forrest loves her. He never lets her go. He keeps showing up over and over again in her life and finally marries her and takes her in until she succumbs to the illness of her wayward youth. And when you finish the story, you smile and, and you wonder, could anything like that ever happen in this world? Because you know, there's probably a little Jenny Curran in all of us that would hope it would. That somehow there would be this superhuman force in this world that instead of leaping tall buildings in a single bound, would just love us and never let us go. Love us enough to show up in the dark places of our lives. Love us enough that though the conventional wisdom would be to show a little muscle, a little tough love, a little separation, that there would be this creator who would love his one-dimensional world enough to somehow show us in poem and in person that though we prove the prostitute, he'll never let us go. And of course, we do see this in person when the three-dimensional God takes on our one dimension and lives in our flat little world, speaks our flat little language, humbles himself to be a servant, subjects himself to the cruelest of cruelties, lets us press him to the limit of our ridiculous faithlessness. And yet on the cross says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. It makes me think of the older couple I once pastored. Their one and only child had lost his way when he was young. He had joined up with the wrong crowd and got involved with drugs and the adjoining crime that helped him support his drug habit. And then quite tragically, this boy whom they raised in church, whom they brought to Sunday school every week, their one and only was arrested and convicted for a violent crime that put him behind bars for the rest of his life. What do you do when that's your son? How do you be mother and father to such a child? Well, of course, you empty your bank account to buy the best defense lawyer for your boy. Of course, you sit stoically in the courtroom, a row behind your boy as he stands trial. Of course, you weep when they take your boy away for life. Of course, you pray every day for your boy. Of course, you do whatever you can to move along and appeal for your boy's conviction and sentence. Of course, you visit your boy every week. <laughs> of course, you ask your pastor to visit your boy. Why? Because he's your boy. It's the only language a parent knows. 
It was 50 years ago that Shel Silverstein published a little story entitled The Giving Tree about the tree that loves the little boy so much that he doesn't think twice about giving away first his apples for the boy to make some money and second his branches for the boy to build a house and third his trunk for the boy to build a boat to sail away and then fourth to give away his trunk so that the boy, now an old man, has a place to sit. And with every act of giving, Silverstein says, the tree was very happy. And it's just one of those stories that we love and that we have a hard time maybe understanding because in this one-dimensional world, it's hard to find such a tree except, of course, the tree on the hill called Calvary, the tree that bears the Lamb of God, atop that hill upon which the faithless stand and jeer and laugh at the one who's playing the fool, the fool for love. Oh, they don't get the three dimensions. They can't quite grasp the language that's spoken. And somewhere in the back of that crowd, there's Jenny Curran. Somewhere in the back of that crowd, there's that mom and dad just, just back from visiting their imprisoned son. Somewhere in the back of that crowd, there's that prophet Hosea and his prostitute wife. Somewhere in the back of that crowd are you and me staring, staring and wondering and maybe even for a moment understanding the language, the divine language.
now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen.